Welcome to the Write It Down Podcast at Home Edition. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is my new friend, Jody Mixta, who is the Vice President of Axum Distributing, which is a wholesale distributing and manufacturer of firearm components. She is a dear friend of one of our guests, Greg Martinez, who's also a friend of mine. Um, episode 64, if you haven't watched it, he is the CEO and founder of Resist Spirits. But Jody and I were connected uh, through Greg and through Reggie Ball, um, my bestie Reggie. Um, so I'm super excited that Jody came on and shared her story with us. She is a powerhouse. Let me tell you, she has taught me a lot in just a short amount of time that I have known her. And I know you're going to learn a lot from this episode. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata. I would love to warmly welcome Jody Mixa. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped that our schedule is finally lined up for us to talk. We got to talk on the phone uh, for a good amount of time and we hit it off really well. So I'm super pumped. You are just really driven and it's exciting to meet people like that. Um, You are involved with Axum Distributing. So tell us a little bit about Axum in layman's terms for those who are listening and then we can build upon that. Absolutely. So uh, Axum is... Uh, a CNC machine shop, uh, high production, uh, automated. So we have a lot of robots, but we're basically a machine shop that makes parts for the firearms industry. Uh, for the most part, we do some other work, but the majority of our business is the, in the firearms industry. And the easiest way I can explain it is that we might make something like hammers and triggers for somebody like Remington. Uh, and so we'll make, we'll set up a job on uh, our CNC machines that are really uh, expensive and high, high volume machines. And we might run that job for six months and we might make 20,000 parts per month on that machine. Wow. Okay. So how does someone like you, we talked about that you have been a bartender as well. Um, how do you get involved in, in something like this, in an industry like this? What were the turns of events that brought you to Axum? It's funny. uh, A lot of people ask me that because it's not that common um, for women to be um, heavily invested in machine shops in the firearms industry. So I kind of get that question a lot. Um, Gosh, it went back to, I've been in this industry since 2005 or six. Uh, and, uh, I was involved with a guy who owned a machine shop. And while I was involved with him, we started making parts for the firearms industry. And I guess that that's where it really started. Uh, and, uh, we, I did that for about seven years. And when I left, I was part owner in that company, uh, after a time. And that's actually one of those turning points in your life, um, that you, you had asked about earlier was, you know, what was a difficult thing you went through in life. And that was a very difficult thing because I was involved with this guy. We had built this business together. We had these really big contracts. Um, we were doing great things with this machine shop and, and very popular and, and, um, uh, sought after in the firearms industry. Um, and he got in trouble, uh, legally mm. and that prevented him from being able to be involved in the business. So I had to run the business, uh, my own for about three or four years and it just kind of deteriorated our relationship so uh it was a really really tough three or four years he he had gone to jail for a time he wasn't allowed back in the business because being uh, a convicted felon 
he wasn't allowed to be involved in the firearms portion of the of the business. So I had to run it all. And it just really put a toll on our wow. relationship. Wow. So I cashed out of that. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I cashed out of that. And I wanted to simplify my life, which didn't. <laughs> Let's all laugh at simplify. Right. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so I cashed out uh, of that business and took my uh, the money that I made from selling my shares of that business and started Axum, uh, which is actually basically my last name spelled back backwards. My last name is M-I-X-A. Uh, my father has a business that is AXIM, which is the opposite of MIXA. And so Mike Dow, who's my partner, and I um, uh, just decided to take my last name, flip it around backwards, and we changed the I to an E. And so that's where we got Axum from. A lot of people ask where the name came from. So I took my money from the other manufacturing company that I made there and um, uh, hooked up with Mike Dowell and he was in a similar industry and kind of in a similar position. He wanted to start his own business. And I knew that between the both of us, we had enough contacts in the industry. We both had good reputations in the industry and I just wanted to buy and sell parts. So there's, there's um, a portion of this industry that is where you just basically buy in bulk. So you might buy, 50,000 of something, and then you turn around and you sell it to other people who need it, but you, you sell in smaller quantities. So it's just basically distributing. And that's where we got the name Axum distributing. And that's all I wanted to do because I didn't want, you know, hundred thousand dollar a month payroll and $75,000 a month machine payments and all the things that I had experienced with the previous business. I wanted to simplify my life. Um, But as we grew, it became necessary um, from both a tax perspective and uh, controlling our own destiny perspective to start making our own parts. And so that's how we ended up building an even bigger machine shop than what I had before. And uh, Mike is the gas, I'm the brakes. And so between the both of us, we have a pretty good uh, balance. Yeah, a good balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give to people who are looking to go into business with someone, whether it's a friend or somebody they met, because you've experienced both sides, you've experienced like a really tumultuous kind of messy, and then you've now, now you're experiencing something healthier um, and something that will help your company flourish. So what are some of the things that maybe people should look for in a business partner? I would always say, don't go into business with your family. Um, I you hear that, that, rarely, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that rarely seems to work out. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think it's important to choose a business partner that's good at things that you're not good at. And so each of you can focus on your strengths and not uh, bump heads when it comes to, for instance, Mike's really good at manufacturing. Um, he's really good at, at, at pushing the envelope and, and, and making us better and stronger and faster. Uh, and I'm really good at the financial side. My, my father's business is uh, financially uh, based. And so he stays in his lane. I stay in my lane. And if he tries to cross over to my lane, I, I draw my boundary. <laughs> and if I try to step into manufacturing, he draws his boundary. And we have to have to respect that in each other. Like this is, you know, this is my strength and this is your strength. Right. I think, I think that that's the most important thing. A, a lot of people um, and it, it is best to have people with different strengths and all kinds of strengths. I, I see a lot of single business owners, people who, let's just say they're a really good mechanic or they're a really good machinist. And they say, I'm going to start my own business. 
and then uh, they may be really good at fixing cars or making good parts, but they don't understand the financial aspect of it, or they don't understand the the regulations aspect of it, or all of the things that go involved. There's there's a lot of facets to business, and it's hard to be one person and and properly cover all of those facets. And I say if you are in business by yourself, you need to surround yourself by people who are good at what they do. And then I think you need to heed or at least consider their advice. You can't just assume that you have all the right answers. You have to get other people's perspective. And we do that even nowadays, Mike and I, we don't just between Mike and I, we don't have all the answers all the time. We have CPAs and attorneys. We have a uh, uh, engineering manager. We've got a production manager. We've got um, a director of operations, uh, Jen Thompson. She's, she's amazing. And so all of these people have valuable experience and expertise and we put it all out on the table in our meetings and then kind of sort through it. And then at the end of the day, Mike and I obviously get to make the decisions, but we've at least considered everybody's expertise before making an important decision. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said about like the different strengths, you know, everybody has gifts and and it, it comes down to humility, being able to, to realize you might not have all the answers you might not have all the connections, all those things. And if you're prideful and greedy, whether it's business or just a friendship, it's not really going to, it's not going to go anywhere. It's like probably putting water in a gas tank. Like you're filling it with something, but it's not good. And it's not actually going to make your, your engine run properly. And so I love that. What you said is just basically being mindful of other people's gifts and that you might not know all the answers. They might not know all the answers, but, but it would be wise to go into business with somebody who is at least receptive and yeah. not hard headed, you know, because come when you become bigger or, you know, make more money, like adding money on top of issues like greed and issues like pride. I mean, it just is due for an explosion. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool. You know, um, also what you said about boundaries and, and just kind of like staying in your lane, knowing what you're good at, that all falls back to that humility aspect of like, I don't like, I don't have all the answers, but I also am good at what I'm doing over here. And so that's also really, really um, respectable advice. Um, so tell us a little bit about your personal life, how your personal life has played into your professional life. Um, when you're busy, we all know it's hard to have a personal life. So, um, yeah, kind of tell us a little bit about Jody as a person. Ooh, that's a tough one. I work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like, uh, both Mike and I are kind of the work hard, play hard, uh, type. Um, we definitely work more than we play. Uh, we have been raising uh, Mike's daughter for the past uh, eight years. Her mom passed away suddenly eight years ago. And so we uh, took her, her on to raise her. She's now 18. She's graduating from high school uh, this year and going off to college. And so we're really, you know, proud of her for that. She's done an amazing job. We um, built the business. Basically, we started Axum about a year before that happened. So for the last eight years, we've been building the the business has been around nine years. For the last eight years, we've been raising a, a child uh, while building a business. So wow. there's a lot of sacrifices on everybody's side that happens there. She, you know, she, I always say she, she, she sacrifices because we're always working um, uh, we're very busy, you know, we have to travel, we have, you know, we have a 
few businesses, probably more than a few businesses, but let's just say we've got multiple businesses. So there's always something going on. Um, but she also, I always tell her, we always get to take nice vacations. And so, you know, there, there's a trade-off with everything. And right, I, I think right. that's an important, important teachable moment for kids is that, yes, you know, maybe your parents are working late or maybe um, uh, you can't always do what you want every weekend or whatever, because there's things going on. Uh, or maybe you do have, you know, uh, a nanny or somebody come and sit with you for a few days while right. we're out of town on business. Uh, but the your your kid gets to see the reward of hard work and accomplishment and, and they're learning a lesson. There's a lot of different ways to to teach lessons to kids and they're not always the easy ones or the positive ones, right? You can't just show them all the great stuff that there's there's difficult stuff as well. Yeah. And she's getting a, a good look into you know, what real life looks like, because with school, um, high school, then college, you're kind of still very insulated. You're not learning a ton of life skills or, you know, trade skills, uh, unless you're going into those fields or um, schools like trade schools. But I think it's awesome that you can have that that balance of being like, this is, yeah, this is work. We're working really, really hard, but the lessons you're learning here are probably going to be more applicable than your humanities two class. No, I mean, just, just putting it out there. I mean, I love yeah. humanities, um, but still it's, it was good for, you know, learning and like learning history and uh, like the world. And, but as far as like some of the harder lessons in life have been through, kind of what you're saying, like, okay, your last business partner, you know, is in legal trouble. Well, how are you going to navigate that? Like, okay, just because you found that news out, you know, when you have soccer practice doesn't mean like that just stops happening. You have to learn to balance a lot of different things in life and then not crumble. So I think it's a, it's a really valuable um, lesson. And also she kind of gets more of an inside view of that. Um, and so I, I absolutely appreciate that when it comes to how busy you are with multiple businesses and, and raising a child, what is something that you've had to learn with time management? Um, cause I've even just personally, like I know the, the audience will, will find value in this as well. But for me personally, I have so many pots on the stove and I find myself like, I think my biggest fear is letting people down because I have so many different avenues or streams of income or, or different pockets of life I'm in. So how have you found time management and boundaries to be helpful? And what are some of the tools you use? I wish there was an easy answer to that. I think that, I think that it takes practice and it takes reminding yourself. I think that when, especially when you're a mom and you have a career, uh, I think you suffer a lot more guilt um, uh, with your career for not being a better mom. Uh, I, for some reason, I feel like women go through that more than men. Uh, so I think that it just takes time to, to realize that you can't be everything to everybody and you're just doing the best that you can. And, you know, maybe I disappointed my kid today, or maybe I disappointed my work partner tomorrow. Um, but you know, I'll work harder and I'll, I'll do better or I'll, find somebody to help me with the stuff that I need help with. Right. And it, it just, I think it, I think it takes practice. I don't think there's a, a recipe that you just say, here's what you do. Boom. And it's right. all perfect. Right. You have to work at it. I think exercise 
is really good. Um, I think a lot of people have a hard time cutting out that 30 to 45 minutes a day or whatever, every other day or whatever it is in their life because they feel like their life is already so busy. But I think for me, going out for a walk or going to the gym or doing something kind of outdoor or or physical helps the perspective of yeah. everything else. Yeah, it helps you clear your head. I know like when I go to a class at the gym and my phone's away, you know, and I'm just in the zone, like everything, like every aspect of my attention, because I would assume you're similar to me in the sense of like my mind is going a million directions and multitasking and blah, 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 blah. And it's nice to have like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day or every other day, like you're saying of all my attention's just on this specific thing I'm doing right now. And I don't know what it is, but it only seems like that's when I can do it is at the gym. It's not when I'm at one job or another job. It's when I'm there. Um, And so I think you're right. Like carving out that time, getting those endorphins. What are some things you like to do for exercise? Like, do you go to classes? Are you a spin girl? Do you lift? I, yeah, I'm I'm more, to to be honest, I don't look, I don't look like a, uh, Weightlifter, but what are you talking about? Yes, you do. <laughs> Heavyweight champion, right there. I'm I'm so small framed. Um, but uh, cardio, I, I row uh, for a cardio. I love to go for walks or hiking. But most of the time, I'm I'm lifting um, or you know the the machines or whatever at the gym uh, in the summer. Uh, we go out on the lake and I absolutely love to um, uh, wake surf, which is the yeah. not 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 wakeboard. It's totally different. Wake surfing is where the boat's only going about 10 or 12 miles per hour and it creates a wave behind it. And then you you get pulled up and then you, you try and stay on top of the wave as if you were surfing in the ocean. And oh. um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, even if you're not good at it for me, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, but anything I could do outside, you know, just walking, um, uh, hiking, surfing, or in the wintertime out here, because I'm from California. So I'm used to being able to be outdoors all year round oh, yeah. and, and best doing all weather that stuff. in the country. Yeah. California has the best. I, it's yeah. unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. It's like always like 70 something and like sunny outside. And no mosquitoes, no humidity. Yeah, no no seams. I was talking to somebody. <laughs> Um, actually today about how every time you land in the Orlando airport in Florida, like there's just a wall of humidity that just like hits you in the face. Like it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Like you can just feel it in the air. And there's this meme that goes around in, in our County, I guess. And it's like, it's a picture of the Orlando airport, just the outside. And it says, I can feel this picture because you do (laughs) like every time you land in Orlando, you get that just rush of humidity and nastiness so how does california i I, I like i like the humidity so that doesn't bother me at all yeah you know i'm used to it like anytime i go somewhere else like my skin dries up my lips are like shriveled prunes and i'm like well great i'm hideous now because i've lived in florida my whole life but (laughs) how does the california girl end up in kentucky is that just like the nature of how business was or so we actually started the business originally in, in San Diego, which is where I was living. Uh, Mike is from Kentucky, and he was all about moving to California. So we started the business in California, and then a year, year and a half later, Emma's mom passed away. Uh, and so we decided for what was best for her to, um, we left the distribution warehouse. It was a small warehouse, about 3,000 square feet. Uh, we left that open in San Diego while he and I, he, he came to Kentucky um, uh, and then I was going back and forth for a while. 
But uh, eventually, to be honest, what got us out of California was just the price of doing business in California. Uh, as we went to expand, how expensive it got, right. and it was going to really hurt us from a, um, uh, a competitive standpoint. You know, if you're paying yeah. four times more than everybody else for rent. Uh, so we decided to start looking at our business is actually now in Tennessee and just outside of Nashville. Yes. And we were, yeah. Love it. We were looking at um, relocating the business out there. And Mike said, well, let's just buy a piece of property and build a building for the business. And I was just like, that's crazy talk that, you know, in California, you would never do that. You couldn't afford to do that. Right. Uh, and lo and behold, a year later, we had broke ground and built a 40,000 square foot facility uh, in Gallatin, Tennessee, which is literally the nicest place on earth. They got voted the nicest place on earth in um, uh, Reader's Digest or something a few years back. And um, now we're building a second building that's 100,000 square feet right next door to the 40,000 square foot. We'll vacate the 40 and move into the other one. But um, you, you can't afford to do that in California. California, I feel like the the, the pricing and the legislation and the taxes and everything uh, prevents you from growing. 100%. And in Tennessee, um, they they do things to help you grow, right? So in California, if you buy mo most of the equipment that we buy is from $350,000 to $500,000, um, sometimes more. So each piece of equipment that we buy is hundreds of thousands of dollars. In California, you have to pay sales tax when you buy it. And then every year after that, you have to pay uh, like a use tax. It's I call it residual sales tax. And it's, it's a certain percentage of whatever you paid for the equipment as it depreciates. So you have to pay another, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a year for the first couple of years on that same piece of equipment that you're still making payments on that you're, you know, it, it, it's, it's very expensive. In Tennessee, they give you an exemption. If you buy new equipment, you don't have to pay sales tax on it ever. They just give you a, a like, hey, we want we want you to grow your business in Tennessee because we like businesses because they employ people and they pay yeah. taxes and they do all the things that are good for the state. So they give you a, a machinery tax exemption. They give you a discount on your utilities. They do all these things that help right. you. They're not uh, trying to penalize you, you for growing. Yes. Yes. They give you job tax credit. So if you hire a certain amount of people within a certain amount of time, they give you credit for each person that you hire. Just things that help your business. And so that that was really the main reason we moved out of California. Yeah. I mean, it gives you space not only to like grow like physically, but also kind of grow in your imagination for where you're going with your business. Because yep. if you're constantly in your head, because money keeps, I mean, it could keep anyone up at night. And so when you're sitting there trying to like, how am I going to expand my business? But you're like, oh, well, now I have to think of this tax. And what if something else happens here? And then that's just money out, out the drain. And so you can't grow. And so is California like the only state that does that? Like as far as your um, your company and like your industry? I don't know. I know there's a lot of favorable states for um, business growth, uh, manufacturing growth, and especially within the firearms industry. Tennessee has moved um, or attracted uh, probably five or six, seven, uh, firearms manufacturers to the area in the last five or six years. Uh, Beretta is, is, is in Tennessee now. Smith and Wesson's moving to Tennessee. 
Uh, I could name a, a handful of other uh, big companies, you know, household names that are moving south because they're they're offering uh, tax incentives and everything. Uh, the other thing about Tennessee is there's no state income tax. And so, uh, and Florida is like that mm-hmm. too. Florida is another oh, yeah. big a- attractor of businesses, especially in the firearms industry. So there's a lot of gun companies down there. Um, and I think, I think California is, is probably one of the best at pushing people out right now. And it's not just our industry. Um, they're, um, uh, in and out burgers moving to Nashville. The, the I saw that, yeah. you know, I have mixed feelings about that because I'm like, wow, go in and out burger. But then the other part of me is like, I feel like LA is encroaching on Nashville because now <laughs> a lot of people from LA are moving there because it's still a really big scene for like music and production and acting. And like, they have a lot of like media and I'm like, no, don't ruin Nashville. But, don't yeah. come over here, yeah. like over here in the South and bring all that mess. But I am happy yeah. for that. in and Burgers coming over here. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, could this be the start? Of everything else coming this way, like don't bring yeah. all the other mess, please. There's so. there's there's um a, a mass exodus of California people moving to Tennessee, um mm-hmm. to the point that there's memes and whatnot on Facebook that say, hey, all of you Californians, if you're thinking about moving to Tennessee, let let, let us show you some good places in Tennessee to live, and they show a, a picture of the state of Kentucky. And they, they have like little arrows pointing to where <laughs> people should move to. And it's, it's not even Tennessee. It's, it's, the yeah, it's like, don't, so, yeah. don't, yeah, don't come here. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I've said this through and through, but as far as like the South is concerned, there is just not even like, I'm not talking like, oh, you have to be like a farmer and into country music. Cause to be quite honest, country music makes my skin crawl. I can't stand it, but it's ironic. Cause I love Nashville, but like country music is just like, it's just not for me. Right. Um, but the Southern hospitality and the eye contact and the thank yous and all of that is, is so um, protected down in the South. And it's, you know, when you go, you know, California or even the Northeast, um, you know, there's like this level of I keep to myself. Um, and we've talked about that just briefly with business is like you can't keep to yourself and grow. You, right. whether it's business, whether it's relationships, you know, that is not how we were designed is to do things alone. And so I, I love that about, you know, the Southern part of the United States, specifically Southeast, but, um, no, that's hilarious about move to Kentucky. They can ruin yeah. Kentucky. Don't yeah. ruin Tennessee. Nobody cares about Kentucky. No one, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares at all. My sister just moved to Tennessee from California. She was the last of the holdouts in my family in California. And she just moved out to the Knoxville area and built a house. And uh, when she first got here, she was like, this is really weird. And I said, what, because everybody's so nice. And she's like, are they faking it or do they really mean it? And I'm like, no, nope, they, they actual, they're that nice. And, she, and I said, don't worry, you'll get used to it. It takes a little while. It is, it is a little, um, off putting kiltering yeah, yeah off putting yeah. when people are so nice because you're like why what do they want why are they being so nice when california isn't quite as rough around the edges as new england and, and the northeast can be and, and i know yeah. a lot of people from there and i've lived up there and, and and i get it um it's just their personality and the way they the way they are they're not yeah they're not mean cold, people. It's just, like the weather yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call themselves in massachusetts mass holes I would, and yep. it like makes sense like yep. i'm like oh my gosh that is perfect for you guys but yep. 
But you're right. Like down here, it's just like true warmth. Right. Like it really is. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. When I went out to California for my internship, I was in Burbank. And I'll never forget being like, I've traveled to so many countries and I was culture shocked in California yeah. by people just not even looking at you in the eyes, not holding the door, not saying thank yeah. you if you hold the door, like little things. Like I'm not asking yeah. for money. I'm yeah. like just trying to like share space with you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. not. But yeah, it is. That's funny, though, that your sister picked up on that because it's oh, it's like, yeah, it's hundreds. Very clear. Yeah. I, yeah. I always, I always say that California isn't that unfriendly. Like you might imagine, like, let's just say New York or Boston or, you know, some, some people from, from uh, the Northern States up there, California isn't unfriendly. They're not rude. They just, I always, the way I describe it to people who live out here is that uh, you could live next door to somebody in California for 10 years and not know their name and have never met them. People are just too busy to care what you're doing. They're doing their own thing. They, you know, if, if you were lying in the driveway um, suffering from a heart attack, they may stop and help you. But other than that, you, you, you're on your own. I can't remember. I can't remember most of my neighbors from California. They're just, everybody's doing their own thing and they're, they're not concerned about if you're right. having a good day or not. Yeah. Well, and it's a very striving community, Southern California. You know, everybody wants to be somebody, you know, every bartender and every waitress is an aspiring actor or producer or filmographer. And so you have that like, okay, well, I'm focused on me, like me, 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 right. me, my connections. Right. And yep. when you're like this, you can't see next to you. Right. You can't see your neighbor to even say right. hello to them. Yep. So, yep. you know, connections and now we're living in, and we could go down the rabbit trail with this one, but um, now we're living in a world where like connection is completely made online. So it's less about that interpersonal connection. And I do believe, and maybe it's different other places. I can only speak from just kind of being in the South and traveling throughout the South some is there's still that level of who's your neighbor, you know, you, you know, in real estate in Florida, I don't know how it is in California, but real estate is like, oh, my friend's dad's a plumber. So he can, you know, I'll refer him, you know, my, you know, and it's very like interconnected in that way. And, you know, people want to help each other because if, if you rise up and they can rise up with you, then you're both succeeding. And that's just not the culture out there. Yeah. In California, they'll just stand, stand on you while they get to the next level. Next thing you're like, (laughs) maybe this is not for everybody at all. No, thank you. But I am glad that you guys have found your home for Axum in Tennessee. Huge Tennessee fan, um, as many people know. Um, I do have to ask before we start wrapping this up, you have to tell a little bit of the story of how you know one of our, two of our guests for Write It Down, Greg Martinez and Reggie Ball. They're amazing men. Um, Just so, so awesome. They um, connected me to you. Um, which is exciting. So tell us a little bit about um, your connections with them. 
Certainly. Uh, about, uh, gosh, a year and a half ago, uh, Mike Dow and I were uh, having dinner with some, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think some of, some people we buy equipment from and they had some of their finance people with them. So it was a group of us, about five or six people. And we we're having dinner uh, in downtown Nashville at a really good uh, uh, Asian like sushi Oh, I love sushi. Fusion. Oh, it's so good. It's a yeah. uh, Virago. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, so we we're having dinner there. And one of the guys from finance was telling us about this, this um, uh, spirits industry that he was involved with. And when he told us the story about it, we're like, wow, that's really interesting. And Mike and I both were like, what can we do to help? You know, you guys are a growing uh, brand. They were only doing vodka at the time. Um, it's, it's resist spirits. Um, the um, uh, brand that it's sold under is FKNG, mm-hmm. which stands for Four Kings, Not Gods, not what everybody thinks it stands for. And <laughs> I love it. I and so we, Mike and I just expressed a lot of interest in this brand and like, Hey, how can we help? And, and I said, I'm going to try and go on Joe Rogan and, t- you know, Joe Rogan's podcast and talk about your, your uh, liquor. And we just kind of all joked about it. Well, fast forward about six or nine months later, for some reason, I don't remember who reached out to who, um, but we found that um, they, they may be interested in some sort of uh, investment opportunity. And so Mike and I uh, got together and we invested uh, into this company and, and, and bought some shares in it. And so we are working on helping them uh, distribute. We're doing some warehousing for them. We're working on helping distribute and um, uh, get the, the brand out there into different states. Um, and it, it's been going great so far. We're, we're, we're all learning and growing. I mean, we don't know the booze industry. Um, they, they don't know uh, the, like, I guess the distribution side and, and all of that. And so we're, we're all learning and growing together. It's very much like what you and I talked about, where everybody's got a different uh, expertise. Everybody is involved in the company has an ex- a different expertise. And we all get together once a week and have long conversations about what, what we could be doing, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, what everybody thinks. And we come up with some, some really good decisions. And so we just picked up a distributor in Kentucky. Uh, we're uh, next on the list is Tennessee, i.e. Nashville. Uh, Mike and I are working our relationships in Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, we're going to be coming to Florida. And uh, yes. now we're doing now we're doing bourbon. We just went to a bottling event a couple of weeks ago and we bottled uh, our five year bourbon and uh, our six year bourbon. And at the end of this year, we're going to be doing tequila. So we're just really excited about all of it. It's a new yes. industry for us and it's something different and exciting. Uh, Mike and I are flying up to uh, Michigan on Thursday to go to a um, we're sp- uh, resist or FKNG is sponsoring a uh, WXC event, which is like um, uh, minor leagues for UFC. So it's a it's a mixed martial arts uh, uh, event. So we'll be going up there this weekend for that. So we're just really excited. It's something I love new and that. Exciting. What a beautiful partnership. We need to see FKNG in every bar on Broadway. Absolutely. It would be that, so popular in Nashville. It's it really would. Nashville. It really, really would. Um, it's also, I, it's also perfect for the firearms industry. Yeah, for real. Seriously. I, I think it's such a beautiful um, partnership and I'm glad that in some small way I'm connected. Um, and Greg got, came on this show and shared about resist spirits. And I got some bottles of vodka and bourbon and brought it to my mom's birthday. I have it in the house. I brought it to a friend's wedding. Um, so I'm super excited to see it spread like wildfire. I know it will. 
Um, and I can't wait to see it in Nashville on Broadway. That's for darn sure. Um, that'll be everything I drink. So, um, <laughs> I absolutely love that Jody. Um, before you go, I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions and then get to your, write it down. Okay. First one is, um, fried or scrambled eggs. Scrambled with Hash- veggies, with veggies, scrambled yeah. with veggies, which veggies. Yeah. Oh gosh. I put everything in there. Broccoli, summer squash, um, tomatoes, cauliflower, carrots, uh, beans, everything. Love it. So you got all your nutrients. I started putting, um, a little bit of goat cheese in there because it doesn't, it's not like, um, it's not as like reactive as like, um, cow, like cow milk. If you have like some dairy irritability and I was like, you know what, let's spruce this up. So I did like some garlic herb in there. So good. Love it. Waffle fries or curly fries? No fries. No, you don't eat fries at all. Always been that way, or is that like a new thing? Is that like you don't want carbs, or is that because you don't like potatoes? No, I like French fries. Um, I just I I pick and choose my carbs. Okay, that's smart. That's smart. (laughs) So, if you had to pick a potato carb, would it be like a baked potato, or like like, are you nothing? Fries. It would be if if I was gonna eat. If I was gonna eat. either home fries or French fries. Okay. Crispier. Yeah. Little smaller. Yeah. Crispy. yeah. yeah crispy. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Okay. Hot or iced coffee? Hot. Dunkin' or Starbucks? Starbucks. Starbucks. Is it because like, like I'm asking this because I think I'm Starbucks, even though I'm not like, oh, I really want Starbucks today, like a, every single day. But like in the Northeast, everything's Dunkin'. Yeah. So is it because like Starbucks is just something you like better or? No, I'm not that fussy about my coffee coffee. Um, but if I go to, if, if, if I'm going out for coffee, I want, I'll get like a fancier coffee. So remember, remember we're talking about carbs, I'll do like a, um, uh, a white, white mocha, only two pumps though, you know, like I'll minimize. Yeah. So the, <laughs> those are, those are okay. Carbs. <laughs> okay. I, I'm like, I love hearing people's like, um, I don't want to say dietary restrictions, but just like their preferences, because like the things like I work a lot of weddings and I have this friend that I work with and she's like, when I'm home, I'm like, is there palm oil in this? Not in my house. Is there canola? Like she's like that, but then we'll be at weddings, like stuffing her face with like cake. <laughs> and she's like, I said, I always go like, what? And she's like, I know I'm the worst. Like at home, I was like, nope. No, she'll probably listen to this episode. She listens to the podcast. She's going to be dying laughing at this because we stuff our faces at these weddings and at home we're like, sorry, this has gluten in it. I probably can't have it. I can, I can support that because I always say like, nobody, nobody can be like a hundred percent, not nobody, very, very few people could be a hundred percent regimented all the time about their diet. But if you eat right most of the time, and then when you go to a wedding and you stuff your face, it, it it's, it's fine. It's right? fine. Yeah. If you eat like you eat at weddings all the, all the rest time. of the days, then it's not fine in my yeah. opinion. So I, yes, always, I, pick, I pick and choose my calories. Balance. I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll eat bread. Once in a while. <laughs> I'll have a little slice of bread. I'll have a French fry here oh. and there. Okay. But oh, here's the problem. Half, half Jody. Bread, we work like four weddings a weekend. So <laughs> oh, we God. can't, we can't sit there and say, Oh, it's just like, I literally like today, 
because I worked a wedding last night and then had to work a brunch wedding today. And they were like 12. I had like maybe 12 hours off like to go home like blah, blah, blah. And today they had cake. And I was like, I in my head, I was like, it's a wedding. And then I was like, Brooke, Nicole Murata, you had cake not like 12 hours ago. Like you can't. I'm, and then I like was literally telling myself, I was like, when are you going to grow up? And stop saying I'm at a wedding. You were you've worked weddings for four or five years. You can't just but I do that too. Like good drinking. I'll be like, it's a celebration. And it's like, no, you're not. You're at dinner with your parents. That's not you're not celebrating. (laughs) So I know we all have our own concessions when it comes to food. Um, and that's okay. You know, yeah. that's why we can't I always judge. say, I always say, I, I don't try to force my eating habits on anybody else. It works for me. I'm a pescatarian. So I, I only okay. eat fish and vegetables. I don't eat uh, chicken or beef or pork. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't offend me what people do. I'm like, that's fine. This just works for me. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm 53 years old. I'm in good shape. You look incredible. I wear a bikini. Yeah. Like, Your I, skin it, it, is glowing. It works Great for skin. me. And so if it works for me, I'm not going to change it, but I'm not going to try and force everybody around me to eat the same way. You, 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 yeah. you stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. You exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you were saying. And a lot of it is knowing yourself and knowing, you know, there's certain things that like I eat and I'm like, well, tomorrow I'm going to look like a puffer fish in my face if I eat that. And then you'll have like friends that can. And it's like, well, we're all created differently and we all yeah. have different reactions to things and the way things make us feel. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that where I don't think I could ever be like die hard enough on like my modifications to like preach it at someone else because everybody has different, you know, things, but I always find it funny when people have their things and then you find them eating something else. And it's like, like we said, I'm at a wedding. Like I, I, I always, I always joke that I, I go to the, I get up at five every morning. Just my habit. I'm more of a morning person. I get up at five every morning, go to the gym. And I always say, I go to the gym so I can drink beer. Like that's. Which that's was going to lead me to my last rapid fire okay. wine or beer. 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 Um, like I, what I kind of beer are we talking? Like light, light beer? beer? Light beer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, some people are like IPA connoisseurs. And I'm like, I I drink and I like just even a taste of IPA. And I feel like I'm going to cry. Like it's just so strong and just. Right. No, light, light beer, light beer. I come from a beer drinking family, beer and peanuts. Like that's, that's kind of my vice. If, if I'm uh, at a ball game, I will plow through a bag of peanuts or a hockey game in Nashville. I'll, I'll plow through a, a beer and a bag of peanuts. No problem. Like, don't even ask me for some of my peanuts, get your own bag or I'll buy you a bag, but you're not eating mine. <laughs> I've never heard of somebody be that intense about their peanuts before. Do it, you it's, eat- a, it's like a family heritage. Do you eat boiled peanuts? No, okay. no, I eat them out of the shell. The, 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 okay. They've got to be in the shell. There's something satisfying about crunching them out of the shell. I think that in my, um, like in my heritage back hundreds or thousands of years, I was a, a hunter gatherer. I must have been like, and that's why yeah. I'm like a, you know, pescatarian, you know. vegetarian, yeah. nut eating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, scavenger. Yeah. 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 Just... At work, they, they joke that like I eat five almonds for lunch. You know, they're like, oh, you know, Joey, let's eat five almonds and she'll be good the rest of the day. Right. We used to, I had this girl in high school, she would eat very, very clean and like little small, whatever. And our coach would always joke with her and be like, did you eat some tree bark for lunch today? <laughs> like everything was just, was just so like micro and like little things. And I'm like looking for Twinkies and Nutty Buddies at the cafe or whatever I could get my hands on. So 
still working through it. Some of my, obviously I have a sweet tooth problem and at least it's not a drinking problem. So, hey, there we go. Um, but we are at that point in the show where I ask each guest, give the audience something to write down. So Jody Mixa, what is your write it down? You know, you mentioned this to me um, when we first spoke and you said, well, what you're going to need to do is come up with a write it down. And I thought, Oh my, what, what, like a, a, a mantra in life and something that like when one sentence explains it all. And I thought, how is that even possible? And not 10 or 15 seconds later, while you and I were still on the phone, I said, oh, I know what it is. My write it down is with time comes clarity. And I live by that because I've had, and we all have, right? This is nothing new. We've all had very stressful times in our lives or times where we're on a path and we don't know whether to go take the left route or the right route um, and which way to go or is it time to pivot or should we? Should I take all the money in my life savings and invest it into a, a brand new company that, you know, with a brand new partner that that I, I, I hardly know and, and how is this going to go? And my answer to everything, whenever anybody's going through something stressful or they don't know how to proceed, I just say, hey, with time comes clarity. You don't have to make a decision right now. If you do have to make a decision right now, you can always, in most cases, undo it later. And mm-hmm. so just just sit on it, whatever the whatever the issue is, or whatever the question is, or whatever the stress is, just give it a little bit of time and the answer somehow just flows back to you. And I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not that spiritual. I don't know how or why. I think it's just that your brain works on um, uh, your problems, like w- when you're asleep or when you're, when you don't know it's working right. on them. And then the answers just kind of flow back in. So I just say, whatever the problem is, just give it some time. And with time comes clarity and the answer will become apparent to you. I love that. I think, and after you said this, I was like, gosh, like I needed it. Like the first time you said it, obviously today too, but the first time you said it, I was like, wow, I really needed to hear that because so many times I make, um, assumptions based on like a very smidge of a situation or on information or maybe just like the initial anxiety of something like, you know, and so I just my like we always joke that I'm always close to the ledge and someone has to like talk me off or bring me like rescue me because I'm like, if I see a ledge, I don't care if it's like two inches or like 2200 feet, like I'm going to get close and I'm there. And so I, I truly believe that time is such a beautiful gift and tool that like God has given all of us. You know, you look at and farming, like time, letting things, letting the land rest, you know, letting things, um, letting even things with people kind of rest and, yep. you know, give it some time and some space. It'll give you some clarity. Um, yep. And we are living again in a time where everything is so instant And everybody wants, you know, the microwave dinner and the things that are the most valuable and the most um, grace filled and and just kind of tasty, so to speak, in all of our lives, whether it's business or, you know, personal or anything like that um, is letting time kind of move things forward. It's, it's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. So I love that with time comes clarity. Jody Mixa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-E. 
P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.